1 Peter chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, since Christ suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for, for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. Good morning, everyone, and good morning to those who might be at home watching. Special, special hello to anyone who is here visiting with us today. We're glad to have you. And so the reading that we just had, you know, we talked about uh, having the same attitude as Christ, and that's what we're going to be talking about this morning, Christian attitude, the kind of attitude that we need to have as Christians. And so... Our text this morning is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 to 24. That's where we will be looking at this morning, but only for the first half of the lesson, as you will see. And in the previous chapters, in Ephesians chapters 1, 2, and 3, Paul was encouraging Gentile converts. In the text that we're looking at, chapter 4, verses 17 and 24, these new Gentile converts in and around Ephesus They had to deal with thousands and thousands of worshippers of of the supposed goddess Diana, and they had to deal with all this idolatrous practices that was going around. Just think of the temple worship. Imagine that alone and how difficult that must have been for new Christians, seeing people going up to the temple and knowing the kind of stuff that was going on up there. Imagine how hard that was. Imagine the challenge for new Christians living in that kind of environment and trying to thrive as Christians, trying to grow. And so, as new Christians, to refuse to associate in the practices of their former friends, that took a lot of courage and great conviction. It must have been very difficult. Can you imagine new converts being told by their friends, hey, come on, join us, come and do what we're doing. Imagine how difficult it must have been. And perhaps that is difficult for you as well. It's not easy to say no to your friends and to do the will of God when you become a new Christian. It's very difficult. And so, it certainly was not easy for me after I became a Christian. But I knew that doing the right thing would please God, and that was more important for me than pleasing my friends. And I hope that will be your attitude as well. And so, we're talking about Christian attitude. And so, let's get into our text. Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4. Let's read verses 17 and 18 to start. So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. So the Christians who the Apostle Paul wrote this to, uh, they were not to behave like the rest of the Gentiles around them. So he's telling them, "Don't, don't act like that. These Gentiles would sin without feeling shame. They would sin to the point where they were hardened beyond all reach. They're so caught up with sin and idolatry that even to try to reach them was a wasted effort. You were wasting your time. You couldn't get through to them. That's how far gone these Gentiles were. And so verse nine, not verse 19, sorry. Verse 19. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. So having lost all sensitivity means that they had become numb. They had become completely numb. So think about a time when you might have 
hit yourself somewhere. Anywhere, elbow, shoulder, you name it. For those of you who are on the Mexico mission trip, think about hitting your thumb with a hammer. You know, maybe some of you did that, trying to build those classrooms. Well, it became numb. Think about it. You lose all sensitivity. You can do this with your thumb. You can smack around. You don't feel anything, right? And that's what Paul is talking about. It was that way with these Gentiles that Paul's referring to. They started off sinning, and the more they sinned, the more numb they had become to the idea that what they were doing was wrong. Completely numb. Lost all sensitivity. Forget it. You can't reach them. They didn't feel anything. They didn't feel any shame anymore. So we can be in danger of doing the very same thing if we're not careful. The text tells us that these Gentiles were sinning so bad that there was a continual lust for more. They had an insatiable appetite for sin. They were hungry for sin. They couldn't get enough of it. That's how far gone they were. And so verses 20 to 24 now. He says, You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So these Gentile Christians, they didn't come to know Jesus the way that these Gentiles around them did. These Gentiles around them probably heard about the man Jesus and the things that he was doing. But they came to know Jesus through the gospel. What they were told and taught was the truth. The Gentiles around them were living a lie. Accepting the truth meant they had to be made new and the attitude in their minds. But what exactly did that mean? Well, it meant change. It meant change. There had to be a change. They had to put off their former way of life, their old self, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. A big change. They had to put away their sinful desires and turn away from the things that they used to do when they were among the other Gentiles. They couldn't, uh, they couldn't behave the same way that they did when they were with their friends, when they were with all these other Gentiles. They had to think differently. They had to act differently than the world around them. And so they now had to live for Christ. They had to do his will. The new way opened up for them through the gospel. The way of kindness and love. The way of peace. The way of moral and upright. The way of God and not the way of the world. Big change. It required a change in attitude and more. And it's the same for us today. As Christians, it's a big change. We have to behave differently than what we see in the world. We have to behave differently than what we see other people doing. So what is our attitude toward God, toward others, and toward life? And this is where I say for the first half, we have the text. The second half, we just want to talk about these three things. What is our attitude toward God? What is our attitude toward others? What is our attitude toward the world, toward life in general? And so our attitude toward God, well, that has to do with love and appreciation. It has to do with praise and honor and a reverence for God. And do we have that? Do we have the right attitude in regards to those things? Do we really take the time to think about how wonderful and amazing God truly is? We live such busy lives today. Do we fill them completely and forget about God? How many of us are guilty of doing that? Our minds are focused on tasks that we have for the rest of the week, and our minds are not on God. We forget about God during our busy weeks. Have we ever examined ourselves to see God's work? In our lives? Do we take time, any time, 
any day just to sit down and think about what God has done in our lives. Has he helped us through things? Has he blessed us in certain ways? Has he been there for us? And so, have we become numb to all that God has done for us? What does our attitude say about where our hearts are? We read in verse 24, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Well, this happens when we imitate God, as Paul stated in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Take a look at those two verses. This is what Paul says after he says all these things in chapter 4. He says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we're to live a life of love. By wanting to imitate God, we are changing our attitude. We're wanting to be like him. We're not, we're not wanting to be like the world. We are being made new in the attitude of our minds. We need to remember that being made new in the attitude of your mind includes also wanting to know the Lord. That's part of the change in the attitude. When you become a new Christian, okay, now I need to know more about God. I need to know more about his will. It means studying what the Bible says. Other than creation itself, this is the only place where you can learn about who God is, about his nature, his character, his love, how much love he had for us. Well, that knowledge about God doesn't come about it by any personal experience inside of us or about our own opinions and thoughts about God. It comes from his word. That's where you learn about God. That's where you learn what God is like. And so when we do that, when we, when we use our own personal experiences, our opinions, when we use our own thoughts about God and we don't go to the word, what we're doing is we're actually reversing things. We're creating God in our image when God created us in his image. And we don't want to be guilty of doing that, right? Our attitude, our attitude toward God and his son should be one of great admiration, reverence, and gratitude. And that's the way we should be toward God, our attitude toward God. Now, how about our attitude toward one another? Well, this touches on what was just said a minute, a minute ago in those verses <clears throat> that we looked at in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, about living a life of love. It means we seek the good of others. It means we want the best for them. When we look at somebody, if, even if our relationship with them is not as good as it should be, we should always have this desire to want what's best for them. Each and every one of us should want what's best for each and every one of us. That's the kind of attitude that we should have toward one another, the kind of love that we should have toward one another. We seek the good in others. We want the best for them. Take a look, if you will, at Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. And listen to what the Apostle Paul said to the Christians in Philippi here. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4. He says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's the kind of attitude we're supposed to have. That's the kind of attitude that Christ wants us to have. Love your neighbor as yourself is the kind of attitude God wants us to have toward one another. When we hurt each other, do we make the effort to apologize and patch things up? 
When someone says something bad against us, do we find it hard to love that person? Do we put up a wall? Do we want to fight with them? Do we feel the need to get revenge instead? We want to lash out when we're hurt, don't we? That's just what we do. We want the person who hurt us to know how we feel. But is that the kind of attitude we should have? This is how the world deals with things. God tells us that we are not to behave in this way. It is the wrong attitude. We are to live a life of love. Scriptures teach us not to take revenge. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 to 21. And it also tells us to keep no record of wrongs. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Which means it's a change of attitude because that's not the way the world does things, right? When somebody hurts someone, they want revenge. They take revenge. They keep a record of it. Well, that's not the way we are to behave. We are to behave differently than the world around us, just as the Christians Paul spoke to in Ephesus were to behave differently. Change is hard for us sometimes as humans, but not impossible. Remember, not impossible if God is asking us to do it. I want you to keep that in mind. Change is hard, but it's not impossible if God is asking us to do it. We need to work hard at loving others. We need to want what is best for them. That is to be our attitude toward others. And finally, what's our attitude toward life? What kind of attitude do we have towards life in general? When we have to park our cars a half mile farther than when we wanted to, do we grumble and complain about it? Or do we take the time to thank God that we actually have a pair of legs and we have the ability to walk? We don't have to rely on another person to take us where we want to go. We have legs. When we have to get a pair of glasses, whether for the first time or a replacement pair, do we complain about it or do we thank God that we still have our eyesight? No, what kind of attitude do we have toward life in general? We're blessed to be able to see another sunrise, another sunset, to see a newborn baby, the wonderful person you married. We have our eyesight. Why grumble and complain? You've got to get a new pair of glasses. It's not the end of the world. So what kind of attitude do we have in life in general? My recent trip to Mexico has taught me to have a better attitude about life in general. I saw people living in the poorest of conditions, yet they were still smiling. And they were carefree and they were happy. They didn't have cell phones or internet. They didn't have TVs. They didn't have cable. They didn't have even a proper sofa or a chair to sit on. One house that, that we saw, that the ground is what they slept on. They had no floor. It was the ground. You could, you could stomp on it. And so that's what I saw when I was there. <clears throat> All they had were each other and God. And that was good enough for them. Can you imagine? All they had was each other and God, and they were happy with that. They had the right attitude. That's the kind of attitude we need to have. So attitude is something that could be learned, and it could be changed. We could choose to be happy, or we can choose to be unhappy about life. People can change. We can change. Attitudes can change. The fact that I'm standing here before you proves that you can change your attitude. At one time, I was very far from God. I could relate to quite a bit of what Paul said here. I did what was pleasing to me. And like these Gentiles Paul spoke about, I was lost in my sins with a continual lust for more. I couldn't get enough. But someone thought about the best for me, about my best. And they thought of my best interest and were loving enough to share the gospel of Jesus with me. 
And I thank that person very much for taking that time to do that, to show the love of God for me, to care about me. And I heard the gospel and I obeyed it. I became a Christian. I changed my attitude. I changed my attitude about life. I changed my attitude about God. And so, if you are a Christian, God expects your attitude to change because he loved you enough to send his son to die for you, to make you one of his saved people. So have the right attitude toward God, others, and life in general. Think about Christ and his sacrifice. Think about the kind of attitude Jesus had, knowing what he was going to have to go through. And what kind of attitude did he have? And the attitude he has was that he was going to do what pleased his father. And that was his attitude. If you are not a Christian, won't you come forward and hear the good news that is the gospel of Christ and respond to it through the waters of baptism. Let's stand. We sing our last song in the morning.